watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass in the middle. Tucker's got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Gregory's touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, you, the you, Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're here. We're working. We're grinding it out. We're doing the thing. Well, most of us are here. Uh, Tommy Hogan uh, taking the bye week for this week. So we got Jordan grinding it out. He's here. He's here till 6 o'clock. He knows that even on the bye week, it doesn't start until 6 o'clock on Friday. Tommy's checking out. He's like that SpongeBob. All right, I'm, I'm out of here. That's okay. We'll rock and roll without you. He's still he's still shook from the Jets almost coming back last night and and covering on on the Colts on Thursday night football. I think he was still a little rattled from that after they were up forty two ten. Next thing you know, well, what's happening here? So we are glad you're here. We are glad you're listening to the program. You do know there are other ways to take in the show, right? There are new and improved ways. Four out of five people prefer it, according to a poll I did not conduct. Uh, QSportsTalk.com is what we're talking about. You can watch the show. You can chat throughout the show. doesn't even have to be what we're discussing. You can kind of have your own conversation in there, your own topics and polls, and I kind of pop in there during commercial breaks and say, hey, what y'all talking about? What y'all talking about here? Right? It's great. It's a great way to take in the show, to chat during the show, and uh, as mentioned, you heard that, during radio commercial breaks, the folks at QSportsTalk.com, we just keep the mics on. We keep chatting with you. So however you're taking in this program here today, we do appreciate that. We need to pay respects. It's a red-letter date in the history of science, folks. Here's a red-letter date in the history of science. November 5th, 1955. Yes, of course. November 5th, 1955. Why? I don't get what happened. <laughs> that was the day I invented time travel. I remember it vividly. I was standing on the edge of my toilet, hanging a clock. The porcelain was wet. I slipped, hit my head on the edge of the sink. And when I came to, I had a revelation, a vision, a picture in my head, a picture of this. This is what makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. Ah, yes, friends. 66 years ago today, time travel was invented. The flux capacitor. Doc Brown. Shout out to Doc Brown. Red letter date in the history of science, folks. 
So let's get it here on Flux Capacitor Day. If you'd like to join the show, 437-7644 is the phone number to do so. Brent Axe Media on Twitter, and as noted, the live chat is a chatting at qsportstalk.com here in our Burdick BMW opening drive. Uh, a lot to get into. Our friend Brian Drake is going to join us later in the show. Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer a member of the Cleveland Browns. Does that mean you should keep him on your fantasy football team? That and all the fantasy advice you need for the weekend. We mentioned that Jets-Colts game last night turned into more of a fantasy extravaganza than maybe people thought. So all the fantasy advice for the weekend. It has been one hell of a week in the National Football League, too. (laughs) Things we'll discuss on the show and we'll discuss with our friend uh, Brian Drake from the Fantasy Football Hustle. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, does serious NFL radio, um, fantasy football discussions. I mean, the man is all over the place when it comes to being an expert on fantasy football. That's why we have him on this show. We don't just put any schlub on here talking fantasy. Oh, no. We get Brian Drake on, who's our own kind of schlub. That's right. We're going to talk some hoops today. I thought my friend and colleague Donna DeToto wrote a spectacular piece on Syracuse.com today about the, you know, it's, it's the question you ask every year. How Syracuse going to make the NCAA tournament? And it's been an adventure in recent years, but the result's pretty much always the same unless the committee snubs Syracuse and keeps them out in certain years they should be in. And the adventure that seems to be. But what's the path for this team? Because there's some interesting bumps in that road. So we will discuss that. We'll go on the blind side. As mentioned, Jordan in today. We'll see what uh, adventures he takes us on with uh, Tommy taking the day off. We'll get into the NFL and college football weekend coming up. And no Syracuse football to get into as they are in a bye week, but certainly starting to think ahead to Louisville next week, the final three games of the season, and how Syracuse will handle that. So certainly that can come up. I don't know if this will come up or not, maybe in, during the sport, Q Sports Talk breaks or something, but um, they found a naked man in the wall at the Landmark Theater this morning. And no, I'm not making that up. That's that's a thing that happened in the world today. It's one of those things that crosses your timeline. It's like, wait a minute. What? Hold on. Wait, that's that's Syracuse.com. I saw that from, not The Onion. This This is a thing that happened in the world a naked man, thankfully, by the way, was found in the wall alive. Like, let's be thankful for that. In all seriousness, it what is a story that kind of has to make you chuckle a little bit in some ways. Like, we're all good. He's healthy. Okay, yeah. All right. Now let's talk about what? Yeah, that's the thing that happened. They just put that new sign up, too. Big week for the landmark. Got the new marquee up and they found a naked guy in the wall. Like, that's a week right there. Uh, you know who else having a week? Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it's not typical that we, we put the kind of national headlines in the monologue, but, you know, like there's no football this weekend, and we've talked a lot of hoops. We'll talk some hoops. We'll get to it. We're going to go full throttle. We're going to listen into some things that Jim Beheim said on his show last night, which thankfully he remembered to go to. And that's not me being snarky, that he literally said, like, I wasn't supposed to be. I didn't know I was supposed to be here today. It was like Dante from... Uh, I'm just appreciating the reference I'm making Jim Beheim and Clerks. Like, never thought I'd connect those two worlds, but it just happened. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Well, he was, and he got there on time, and it was a great show. So we're, we're glad that uh, Julie, of course, remembered that Coach had to be at his own radio show last night. So we'll play some clips for that later in the program. I had some fun things to say and some insight, of course, on the upcoming season. But Aaron Rodgers had a very interesting day. Now, I'm sure some of you are aware of some of what he said. 
at this point, but a lot of you probably aren't. It's really hard for me to kind of encapsulate everything Aaron Rodgers said because my man gave a TED Talk on the Pat McAfee Show today. Now, he regularly goes on the Pat McAfee Show. It's it's really engaging conversation. It's honest conversation. You know, what we found today is athletes and coaches tend to kind of matriculate to safe spaces where they feel they can kind of speak their mind as opposed to getting hard-line questioning sometimes. And, you know, look, that's that's just the way of the world. They have more options to do that these days. But I've always enjoyed Aaron Rodgers on that show, and I, I enjoy somebody who, agree or disagree, feels like they can kind of speak their mind. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID this week. It was discovered that he was unvaccinated. It was discovered that when he was asked point blank at a press conference late in August, as the season was getting underway, he was asked if he had been given a vaccine and what his response was, and forgive me because I always botch this word, was that he was immunized. As it turns out, um, it was like a home remedy. It wasn't with one of the noted vaccines out there. It was his term to be immunized. And in the course of the conversation today, I actually blame the media for not following up on that. So what you're saying is you know you were being disingenuous at a press conference, and we should have called you out on that. I thought that was an interesting take. But, okay. First of all, I would encourage you to watch the whole thing because what's going to happen now, as these things tend to happen, is everybody goes to their corners. Twitter, in real time, I was just watching the world burn as this was happening. I even made just a a joke about, you know, State Farm getting the, the phone call. Aaron Rodgers is doing what right now? And the way that social media operates and, you know, the memes that are probably already out there and just how fast things happen. And now there's already uh, aggregations of it and the headlines that come out from certain perspectives. Aaron Rodgers said that ivermectin cures COVID. It's just like how fast this stuff happens and how people people and this in this case, it does become political, but it doesn't have to become political. People on the left go one way. People on the right go that way. It becomes a narrative. And what gets lost in the shuffle is, well, what he actually said and how he feels about it and how the, how can I put this, the hyperventilating about what Aaron Rodgers said. See, what I'm supposed to do in this case as a radio talk show host who gives opinions is pick a side and just beat the crap out of it. Either say Aaron Rodgers is the spawn of Satan or Aaron Rodgers is a hero for what he said. I listened to every word Aaron Rodgers said in this case. Don't always get that opportunity when these big stories happen, right? I always encourage you, and I will encourage you again, that anytime I play sound bites from something, to seek out the entire thing. I know people don't always have time for that. Hence, the quick judgments that get made on sound bites in this society, that's just the way it is. But I, this is one I would encourage you. You got time this weekend, and you just want to have your eyes bug out of your head for a number of reasons. Give that a listen. Give it a watch. It's the Pat McAfee Show. It's on YouTube. You can find the whole conversation. So with that being said, let me just play you a couple of bites. Gives just a little taste of what he talked about, but again, would encourage you to go see the whole thing as to not make judgments based on, you know, 30-second sound bites. But here is the first one. Now, this is him referring to, in late August, it was a big topic of discussion about vaccines and unvaccinated and NFL protocols. And as the face of the National Football League, in many ways, as somebody that, of course, had a heck of a summer, 
orchestrated by him, by the way, to try and generate an exit from Green Bay, manipulating the media. Loves the media when he can use Adam Schefter in the media to negotiate a way out of Green Bay. But when the media asks about a relevant topic per NFL protocols that were put into place, they're the enemy. Funny how that works. But here's what he said about why he said what he said at that press conference when asked about it. I really felt like at the time there was a time and a place for sharing of, of information. It was such a witch hunt. They, they wanted to out and shame and denigrate every single person who didn't immediately say, oh, yeah, I got the you know Pfizer, I got the Moderna, whatever. I, I wanted it to go away. I, wasn't, I mean, everyone in the squad knew I was not vaccinated. Everyone in the organization knew I wasn't vaccinated. I wasn't hiding it from anybody. I was trying to minimize and mitigate having to have this conversation that would go on and on. And, and, and there were people in the media who somehow found out about it and, and been sitting on it for a couple months. Um, so it wasn't like this thing was just hidden until this week. Like, people knew it, and they sat on it. At some point, I knew I was going to have to discuss it. And, you know, I was ready to discuss it. But the problem with this is it is so political. He's right about that, first of all. But to... in one way blame the media for this and another say it's political and use terms like woke and cancel culture and dog whistles that people use about generalizing an entire group of people, which is just something that irritates me about the entire conversation in this politics and life is how you generalize an entire group of people, right? Whether that's deplorables on the right, whether that's woke or cancel culture on the left, it's, it's, it's just a lazy trope, but you know, it's, it's an easy thing to do. Hence the lazy thing to do, but that's a whole different topic for a different day. Look, if you knew then, and as he describes in this clip I'm about to play, that one of the reasons he decided not to take the vaccine, which he has every right to, by the way, is he had an allergy to some ingredients in the kind of the main two that were out there. Moderna, Pfizer, of course, J&J was out there. They later pulled it because it had uh, reported clotting issues. But here's what he said. Uh, you guys know me. I marched to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed, you know, group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. And for me... It involved a lot of study in the offseason, much like the study I put into Host and Jeopardy or the weekly study I put into playing in the game. I put a lot of time and energy and research and met with a lot of different people in the medical field to get the most information about the vaccines before making a decision. And in actuality, it was pretty easy in the beginning to eliminate two of them. And it didn't involve going into the questionable history of some of their uh, criminal activities and fraud cases or any of that stuff. Huh. It was simply the fact that I have uh, an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccines. Okay, so that, that was his explanation for answering it the way that he did. And look, everybody does their own research, right? Typically, people that do their own research do their own research until they find the answer that satisfies them. And they say, aha, there you go. Now, I think we all... Um, recognize and can be sensible people here that we shouldn't take medical advice from a guy that can throw a football a long way. So I'm not making this about whether you should take the vaccine or not. You've made that decision by now. But there are, are a lot of people out there that need to make that decision because now their kids are eligible. And that's a big, big decision. So I would encourage you not to consult 
Aaron Rodgers. I would I would encourage you not to consult Joe Rogan, who I am a fan of, by the way. I would encourage you to consult, you know, your doctor about that. Not Facebook, not YouTube, not your own research, air quotes, although there is plenty of information out there from credible sources. But again, due to the culture we're in, and this comes from both sides of the aisle, that credible information has been questioned at, at every corner here including by people like Aaron Rodgers in this discussion. Now, there's a lot of things Aaron Rodgers said during that interview that I agreed with. There were some things he said in that interview that I said, you're a moron. That's the beauty of rambling on for 45 minutes about something. I can agree with you. I can disagree. I can use my own brain and kind of come to a conclusion here about this. There are certain responsibilities as a franchise quarterback that you have to entail. There are certain protocols and rules that you have to follow, whether you like it or not. You can push back on those as he's using his forum on the Pat McAfee show to do, which he has every right to do. But what has happened through a lot of these conversations is it's never about him. I mean, it's about him because clearly Aaron Rodgers got a little narcissist in him. And you kind of have to have a little narcissist in you to be in the public eye in some way. And that would include me, by the way, as somebody writes a, a column and does a radio show. But I just sat back and watched the reaction to it, the reaction that will still come. This is fresh. This happened like a couple hours ago. So it's going to matriculate through the weekend. It's going to be a huge thing. And what you thought about Aaron Rodgers prior to this, what you think of Aaron Rodgers after this, I'm not going to tell you what to think or how to do it. I'm not going to pick a side here. I'm just going to stand back and look at this and say, man, there are some times when, and I have been in this business in some way, shape, or form since 1996. I live on this planet, and I see the world as you see it. And as crazy as it can be, there are times when I really take a step back and say, how the hell did we get here, right? Think of the week the National Football League had, by the way, okay? A product that no matter what happens seems to be something that we're going to watch anyway, myself included, by the way. Okay, pot calling the kettle black there. I'm not going to be... That's it. I'm done with you after this. But let's just let's just look at the week the National Football League had, shall we? Out of many crazy things in the world. As our friend Brian Drake points out, by the way, who will join us later to talk fantasy football. But let's let's just kind of take a look at the list. A wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders killed somebody in a crash in which he was going 156 miles per hour. That's not a misprint. 100 and 56 miles per hour. Aaron Rodgers. The New York Giants had major issues with COVID testing. Speaking of which, there are flaws in that system. Those that are out there, how can I put this, um, lecturing us about this stuff that are clearly not experts on it, there are flaws in this whole thing, hence some of the skepticism that Rodgers had and others have had about this whole thing. Odell Beckham Jr., like on any other Friday, Odell Beckham Jr. basically orchestrating his way out of Cleveland would be a massive story, and it is, and we'll get into the fantasy ramifications of that. The leading rusher and fantasy stud in the National Football League hurt, right? So it's a mix of crazy off-the-field stuff, on-the-field stuff, and, and everything in between. That's just this week. Right, And it feels like every week is a week like that. What's the cause of it? 
I mean, I have my theories on it, certainly, and the answer is social media, but, you know, we'll have to get into that another time. So through it all, the craziness of it, the rationale of it, I think we all kind of know, like, hey, that's great how you feel, Aaron, but I'm, I'm going to talk to my doctor about this, if you don't mind. I feel like if you want to play the what-if game, as much as he was uncomfortable being asked point blank about it, it did come up point blank at that time. He chose to lie in that situation, which athletes lie at podiums. Coaches lie at podiums all the time. But he chose to mislead and pointed at the media and said, you didn't ask a follow-up question, and I could have got into it. <laughs> well, why don't you just tell us then that you had an allergy to the known vaccines that you will choose to be unvaccinated and therefore follow the protocols of the unvaccinated. The NFL did not have a vaccine mandate. If you chose to get unvaccinated, it meant you had different protocols you had to follow, which he did, by the way, right? So this is one of those things where everybody's right and everybody's wrong. This is one of those things where you can point at both sides. You can point at whoever you want to point at and say, where, where's the rational information in the middle here? that we should all know. But that's the beauty of these discussions. It's also the flaw in these discussions. You can say what you want to say, and then it's up to us to kind of figure out, well, here's what I believe, here's what I believe to be credible, and here's what I say, boy, are you an idiot. And then it all happens in real time on social media and on shows like this and in other forms of media. Again, we're, we're kind of part of the problem in the way and how these things are analyzed and discussed. But that was my big takeaway from this. Not that he's consulting with, Joe Rogan, not that he is taking ivermectin, which he said he is, amongst other things. Not that he's unvaccinated. Not that, this is what I said at this press conference and all the opinions he gave on all this. My whole take on this is, was just watching the world burn in real time there. And I, I'm kind of like that dog in the meme. He's just kind of drinking his coffee and the flames are, are roaring around him. He's like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? This is insanity. Right. But just when you think it can't get crazier, it, it will and it does. Right. Just think of everything we've gone through in the last 18 months prior to that, the, the four years and just so many different things here. And we're all here like, can I just watch the game? <laughs> like, I just I just want to watch the game. Right. I want to watch Aaron Rodgers play football. All this other stuff. I mean, you can take what you want from it once they get outside the realm of sports. But. This is why people would uncomfortably say stick to sports because the people that they choose to go to and be entertained by outside of the real world, they see as an escape from the problems of the real world. And when those two worlds mesh, boy, they don't like that. Or they'll choose to defend that person because, well, I watch him play football every Sunday, so... Go, go Team Aaron, no matter what he's saying and, and how he feels in this case, even if your views differ from that, right? So like I said, I didn't want to make this about what you should do or shouldn't do or, you know, anything else of that genre. I just, like, what, what's happening right now? Like, what, what in the world is happening? Who's at fault? All this, all these discussions that are out there and protocols and this and that. And Aaron Rodgers isn't wearing a mask at a press conference full of people that are all vaccinated. And it's just like, oh, my good gracious. 
Through all of this, by the way, there was, there was a, I believe, a story that came out today that they have Pfizer, and again, you can have your opinions about Pfizer one way or the other. They're certainly uh, not perfect. But they have announced, they basically have completed testing on a pill, right, that is 90% effective against COVID and, and its symptoms. And, and, you know, you can go read about it. Don't take my word for it. I'm not an epidemiologist. But for about a month there, for about a month, we were all on the same page there through this whole thing. Let's get through this. Let's let's come together. Let's figure it out. Let's trust the experts. Uh, ever since then, it, it just, it's gotten worse, right? I can't say that. I can say that definitively, and I get no pleasure in saying that. So how is all this going to help today is my, is my question. So go watch it. It was it was very fascinating, to say the least. And where do we go from here? How does it get worse? That's that's what I, I keep dreading, by the way, right? It's, 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 I don't know how this is helping. I don't know how I'm helping by talking about it for the last 25 minutes, other than the fact that I do a radio show, and I'm like, this is a thing that happened in the world today, and it was surreal. And it's, it's now still happening. Like, we're still in the, in the middle of the conversation. If you'd rather have a, a peaceful weekend and not have to deal with that, I would suggest not going on Twitter or Facebook or any of that stuff. Do what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do yard work all weekend. Just going to do yard work and listen to the Foo Fighters. Have a nice peaceful weekend while the world burns again. Anyway, happy Friday, everybody. Speaking of uh, football, we are going to go over the football weekend upcoming, even with Syracuse not playing. And it was a crazy week in the NFL, but still some games to preview. I see our guy Scooter is ready to rock and roll, give us some picks, get back to the distraction of it all, right? We'll talk some hoops later. Brian Drake will talk fantasy with us. So we'll get back to get playing in the sandbox. But once in a while, somebody kicks some dirt in the sandbox, and we got to clean it out. On that note, we'll come back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Stay right there. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Listen to ESPN Radio Syracuse every Thursday to win tickets to see an SU Orange football game in the Dome. Your ticket quest is brought to you by Seneca Savings, the team at Stanley Law, Amtrak, and CNYRealtor.com. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here. On the Block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Flux Capacitor Day. Red letter date in the history of science. Slipped, I fell and hit my head. And I drew this. Brian Drake's coming up in about 15 minutes. Our friend from the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast. How do you adjust to uh, Aaron Rodgers being out for Aaron Rodgers things? As as he, um, how can I put this... uh, Gave us a TED Talk on his thoughts on the vaccine on the Pat McAfee show earlier today. And, uh, yeah, that was a thing. But uh, if you have Aaron Rodgers and you don't trust your backup, is there somebody who can get out there, claim, trade for, and at least get by this week? What about OBJ? What about some other injuries and fantasy trends you need to know about? We will talk to Brian about that. We'll go on the blind side later. We're going to get into some SU hoops here, but we're 
just really pondering a lot of things during the the break about the the naked guy they found in the wall at the landmark. That's a thing that happened today. They found a naked man in the wall in the bathroom at the landmark. They had to like cut a hole in the wall to get him out. It's a thing. Thankfully, he's okay. Guy's been in there for like three days <laughs> since Tuesday, and I mean, I have so many questions about just how all this happens, how how he got there, how he stayed there, why is he naked? Um, I, I can keep going here. I, I just, so many thoughts that pop into my head, but uh, Q Squirrel had a, a thought that I thought we should share here, and, and the, the, the chat at com is having a, a ball with this, as they should, because that's just the thing. Did he see the landmark ghost while he was in the wall? And if so, what, you know, like, you're there, you're in the landmark by yourself for that long. Can the landmark ghost, like, little help here? Can you go, like, appear and tell somebody I'm stuck in the wall, right? Like, maybe the landmark ghost was just, like, hanging there, like moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter, just taunting people, right? Oh, you're stuck in the wall, huh? I just, I have so many questions. And provided everything goes okay and, and this and he's sound of mind and, and healthy and everything's good and we hope it's not more serious than it, it, it apparently he, he is okay you had to be treated for dehydration and everything can we like can we get him on the show like I, I'd love to just sit down and be like all right I gotta hear this story from start to finish have all the time you want we'll give you Aaron Rodgers time forget Aaron Rodgers and his thoughts on the vaccine who cares? I want to know how that dude got in the wall. I want to know what he did while he was in the wall, which provided he was naked, just let your mind go free there. I, w- I just, I want to know. I just, I got to know everything. I want to know what the, the first uh, fireman, when he hit the, when he got in there and that's what he discovered. Like, I have so many questions. I'm sure we'll have some follow-up stories on Syracuse.com about this. How could we not? Too many questions left unanswered, but. With Syracuse football off this weekend, and I'll have uh, more time to think about these things than usual while I'm cleaning out the garage. Uh, how? Why? When? Like all, just all the all the staples come up. So you're stuck in a wall for three days, naked. Go. Right. It's woo. Happy weekend, everybody. That's a story. That's how you start your day. It's one of the first things I saw today. Wait, there's a what in the in the what? There's a who in the what? There, he's he's not in the bathroom. He's in the wall. In the, okay, and he's naked. All right, okay. Well, that's an all timer right there. Okay, I'll get off this. I'm I'm a little obsessed with it because it's just like what. But anyway, from that to Syracuse basketball because that's what we do on this show. We just make transitions like that. But uh, Donna Detona wrote a excellent piece. Now a little bit uh, more of a, a little plug. Our Season preview comes out Sunday. There's a lot of great work in that, and and we hope you buy it, and you hope you get it, and we hope you enjoy it and read it because, well, you can't get more insight into this upcoming Syracuse men's and women's basketball season than than that season preview that's going to be in your Sunday post-standard. Donna wrote a piece that you can read today up on Syracuse.com, and it, it goes back to that central question about Syracuse basketball. While the path there tends to get a little stressful, they do make the tournament, and once they make the tournament, more often than not, the return on that is good. And I made this analogy before. 
you want to invite Syracuse to the party, but you're not quite sure if they're going to show up. You, some people are like, should they be there? Should they not? I don't know, man. Sometimes Syracuse comes and things get a little wild here. And it's that one, oh, you invited Syracuse to the party? Like some people are like, yes, love that guy. Other people are like, come on, man, that 2-3 zone, like, why, why are you inviting Syracuse to the party? Nobody wants Syracuse to the party. But then Syracuse shows up, and they bring a keg, and they come through, and by the end of the party, everybody's like, why didn't we invite these guys? Or the ones that didn't want them, they're like, why didn't I want them there? Like, they always come through, right? But what they have to do, particularly this year, to make the tournament, a team that's been a double-digit seed more often than not, 11 seed last year, reaches the Sweet 16, a story we have seen before. So I just wanted to go over some of the points in Donna's piece here, and, and please read it and get all the details on it and spend some time with that because it's really well done. But one interesting point right off the bat here was beat Pittsburgh. Now, Syracuse actually lost to Pittsburgh twice last year. Pitt finishes 10-12, and 6-10 and 10 in the ACC. They had players announced they were going into the portal during the season, Right. There's something about when Syracuse plays Pittsburgh, the style of play, the contrast of philosophies. I mean, at the very least, it's always an interesting game. But Pitt and BC, to throw them in the equation, two of the worst teams in the league. And I think this is going to apply to this team, right? Because their non-conference schedule is so heavy that the teams you got to beat, particularly in league play, however and whoever you would describe as those teams you got to beat, you got to beat. Like, you can't slip on too many banana peels because – while I feel like Syracuse is going to come out of that non-conference schedule okay, they're going to lose a couple in there. It's just how many can you lose? A lot of neutral court games there. Battle for Atlantis, Madison Square Garden, a couple of road games mixed in there, a couple of ACC games in December that, that pop in there. Oh, hey, Florida State, December. Like, where'd you come from? So it emphasizes beating the pits of the world and the BCs of the world. And as great as the ACC is, there's, I don't know, put a number on it, certain teams, you're like, yeah, you got to beat that. Rebounding is critical. And what I liked about Donna's piece here is, like, we know Syracuse has struggled to rebound in recent years, and stats aren't everything, but this one kind of pops, and I'll read quickly from uh, Donna's piece here. Syracuse actually regressed last season in the defensive rebounding category. This is via Ken Palm. It ranked 339 in defensive rebounding percentage. In the last three seasons, SU is ranked 339, 331, and 335 in defensive rebounding. The av- So that's just a few years, right? Like, well, come on, you know, I mean, is that just a blip? Is that just the makeup of the roster? Is, is that, what is that? That's a trend is what it is. You want to go further than that? The average over a 10-year span, 269. So, look, the zone is a factor there. There's a a lot of things we can talk about here. Is this team going to go from 339 to 75? No, but one would think you got to be better than that. They find ways around it. This team's got to find ways around it by scoring. It's got to find ways around it by valuing possessions. It's got to find ways around it by – and the way Syracuse gets around it mostly is steals, defensive possessions, being at the top of the league, turning around those rebounds. So you may have gotten this many rebounds – but we got this many possessions back because we got to steal out of the zone, capitalize that into points, and there's a way to balance that out. Donna points out just how much this team's going to shoot the three. 
Now, defensively, as she points out, Syracuse's defense ranked 78th nationally last year in Ken Palm's effective field goal percentage defense, 65th in defending the three-point shot, and 120th in defending two-point shots. Now, that's nationally, right? What about in the ACC is something to look at. And the other thing to look at there is one thing that people have pointed out is how long this team is, and that's an advantage you want, but it's not always about how long you are. And Donna points out a team that Syracuse could face in the ACE, in the uh, battle for Atlantis, pardon me. Now, is last year's Baylor team, national championship, this year's Baylor team, I mean, they're still good. They're still top 10 team. They're still a team if you play on November 25th, which would be Thanksgiving, by the way, a mere 20 days away because Thanksgiving's still a thing. Okay, all you Christmas people, don't forget about don't forget about Tom Turkey now. But if you got to play Baylor, the way Baylor played defense was that, how they played defense. And as Donna notes here, and she makes a good point, because this is, if Syracuse is counting on its length, which again, it's not a bad thing to have, particularly in a zone and the space it takes up and the mental block that presents for opposing teams when they play a team like Syracuse and what the zone presents here, but... Um, Give me a second to pull it up here, what she said about Baylor. Uh, the Bears, here it is, but size doesn't always equate to defensive magnificence. Just ask teams that played Baylor, whose tallest major contributor last season stood 6'9". The Bears, who are national, uh, nationally ranked number 22 on defense, got after opponents using superior, smallish athletes to smother teams. Virginia Tech, smallest team in the ACC, was among the league's best defensive teams last season, right? So what would you rather have? Guys that are small, smaller, if you will, 6'8", 6'9", but they're fierce, they hustle, they come at you, they frustrate you, or the zone, not that Syracuse can't do that out of the zone, but they're long, they take up space, and they make you think. That's the trade-off. Now, Jim Beheim did the first edition of the Jim Beheim show last night. Coach Babers enjoying his bye week, so Coach Beheim got to slip in there and get the season-long conversation going. You can hear it Thursday nights, and you can hang out at the show at Carabas on Thursdays, which Jim almost forgot to do, as he told us last night. Great to be back. and uh, In fact, I'm so missed this, you know, not doing anything. I was sitting home five minutes ago with no idea I was here tonight. <laughs> Think, I don't know why. I thought it was next week, and... Julie was just looking through the some schedule and said, "Tonight, oh, you're at Caraba tonight." So I said, "Okay." Luckily, it's close. The lesson: Julie saves the day once again. Let's stay in the Bayheim family for a minute here, and of course, Jimmy and Buddy getting out there together. And it, when you pick up that Sunday preview, that's what you're going to see on the cover. Jim, Buddy, Jimmy, little tykes hoop that they used to battle on back in the day. That's great. You never think it's going to ever happen. I remember when they were little playing, and I never really thought there'd be any chance. You know, it's hard to play at Syracuse, you know. In the history of our program, in whatever number of years we've been here, a lot, we've had, what, four or five Syracuse players during that time? I mean, it's not an exact count, but we haven't had a lot. Here's Jim on... Uh one thing that he really liked from the exhibition play against Pace and LeMoyne, and that was ball movement. Playing games you're supposed to win, it's not about the winning. It's about how you play. And uh, the movement was really good on, on defense, which you look for. 
because good movement is good against anybody, you know, and good movement on offense is good against anybody. And uh, so those things were good. More assists per bucket than usual because we got more guys that are capable of moving past in the ball, whereas some years we have guys that are better at driving and scoring that way. So there aren't as many assists. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've seen a lot. We've gotten everybody an opportunity to do a lot. So, again, we don't have 11 guys. You know, we have eight healthy, and, you know, we hope Bowl should be ready really soon. How does Jim Beheim start his day? Did you say Pilates? That's pretty simple. I, you know, it depends. I mean, if it's a Pilates day, I have Pilates the first thing. Uh, it's been great for me. Everybody should be doing that, especially when you get over 50 or 60. You should be doing that. It's great. Um, you know, it. we go in and, you know, you're doing whatever it is you're doing in the office. If you're Sometimes you watch tape, some watch practice. Uh, if there's no game involved, you're just getting through stuff like that. You get ready for practice, and practice is, you know, I'm on the court about 3.30, and it's over at 6.00. And, uh, and, you know, that's just a normal day. Coming to QSportsTalk.com, Jim Beheim does Pilates. Just saying. Uh, one more from uh, the Jim Beheim show last night uh, at Carabas. Uh, at this point of the year, you're not really focused on opponents. You're more focused on yourself. Right now, we really we don't think that much about the other team when we start playing. And really, John Wooden never did a scouting report. He just said, we're going to get ready to play. We're going to be ready to do what we need to do and there's a lot of truth to that i mean we do obviously know who we're playing and scout them and that, all that but the main thing is for us to play the way we need to play there you have it friends first edition of the jim Beheim show many to come throughout the season at carabas julie uh furiously scribbling in big bold black ink every show through the rest of the season that's tonight I got a kick out of that. That was funny. Paulie and uh, Matt Park were probably getting ready to, to fill a little bit. We hear enough of Paulie. We don't need him having to fill on the Jim Beheim show. We want to hear Jim Beheim, not Paulie, on the Jim Beheim show. So, thankfully, crisis averted there. We'll break on that note, come back, and have some fun with our friend Brian Drake. A lot of fantasy implications of the Aaron Rodgers TED Talk today. OBJ going to be released by Cleveland. If you have them, should you hold them or trade them? That and all the fantasy football advice you need coming up.